Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode five of the 2023 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And well, it's finally here. College football season kicking off Saturday, August 27th, just a couple of days away. And I'll tell you what, there are really six seasons, if you ask me. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, draft season, and of course, football season. So we're here, we've got college football kicking off. Really, this is, I guess, week zero, if you will, because we know that the season's actually going to be kicking off Labor Day weekend. That's really the full slate of games where we can expect all of the momentum coming into the season. So we're actually going to take a look at the matchups for week zero. Uh, A lot of different teams to cover there. I think there's one uh, Power 5 matchup that is really worth digging into a little bit further. And then we're going to also talk about the wide receiver position just a little bit. You know, we're not going to go as in-depth as we've had with the quarterbacks and the running backs, but I do want to at least talk a little bit about my top 10, some of my rationale into why I have guys slotted in in certain positions. So first things first, though, let's take a look at Week 0 college football, August 27th. And the first game that you've got is Nebraska. The Cornhuskers taking on Northwestern. Really, this is a make-or-break year for Scott Frost, right? You know, at his alma mater, and uh, he's taking on Pat Fitzgerald. And I'll tell you what, with, with Fitzgerald, just when you think he, he's he he may be on the hot seat, he always ends up turning around and having a really good year uh, there with the the Wildcats. And really, when I look at this matchup, there are some really some fun things to be on the lookout for on both sides of the football. So when Northwestern has the football, you're really going to be paying attention to the left side of that offensive line, right? Peter Skaronsky, and uh, he's going to be matched up against uh, a, a quartet of linebackers along with O'Shawn Mathis, the transfer from TCU. And uh, when we talk about Skaronsky, you look at him, you know, 6'4", 294 pounds is what he weighed in at a season ago. This is a guy who I thought really did a good job with those those movement skills, being able to, to slide, showing that explosive get-off, being able to beat guys to the edge with his kick slide. You know, that's one of the things that I thought he did a really good job of, uh, really even against Aiden Hutchinson, where he was able to get his hands underneath him, attack the inside shoulder, and really ride Aiden Hutchinson away from the pocket. You saw the movement skills there. Um, very light on his feet. One of the things that I thought with with, with Skaronsky, though, uh, I still don't think he had that, that signature game that you're looking for if you're a Northwestern fan like you saw with Rashawn Slater against Chase Young. Um, if anything, what you saw there was Skaronsky... Yes, he, he's, he's a little undersized. You know, he's 6'4". The question is, is does he have enough length to be a, a left tackle at the next level? Um, should he play inside? And that's really the same conversation that you have with Rashawn Slater. But the difference with Slater was he had all those movement skills. He was very explosive. I think Skaronsky has some of that. But Slater also had the power. There was a lot of power in his hands, his ability to drive guys off the football. And you just didn't see that so much with Skaronsky. I thought the technique was there. That, you saw a lot of that. His ability to to mirror defenders. It, once he got his hands onto you, I thought he did a really good job, especially with that grip strength and the hand placement. But too many times, you, you wanted to see him drive guys off the football, especially in the run game, and you just didn't see that. Also, that base. You worry about some of that. Can he add some weight 
maintain that quickness and be able to add some of that strength, though, because, you know, especially in that Iowa game, taking on Lucas Van Ness, he's going to see him again when they play Iowa, and this is a guy who just absolutely bowled him over uh, getting into the backfield. So can Skaronsky really demonstrate that that powerful base uh, that, that's going to be a huge question mark. Did he spend enough time in the weight room? Um, you know, I think that's really going to be the biggest question mark. It, can Skaronsky still be a first-round pick? Absolutely. I think the movement skills, you can't teach those movement skills a lot of times. So I, I think when you look at him, can he bring the power to that game? I think that's going to be the difference. That's the difference for a lot of guys between you know, a first-round grade and ultimately coming off the board on day two. He'll be matched up. I mentioned uh, O'Shawn Mathis. Look, 6'5", 247 pounds, edge rusher extraordinaire, 34 starts for the Horned Frogs, two-time, second-team All-Big 12, transfers to Nebraska as a grad transfer. And look, he had a breakout 2020 season as a sophomore, 10 games played, 12 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, and you're really thinking, all right, there's some momentum to be built there. But it just didn't happen in 2021. 45 tackles. Look, he was consistent in terms of his tackles, at least 40 tackles in each of the last three seasons, but just four and a half tackles uh, for loss, two sacks. Um, you know, I, I thought you saw some effort out of him. That's one of the things that I really loved was he chased guys, you know, all the way across the field. Uh, when he played Texas, he actually chased the quarterback for 30 yards. Uh, he dove and missed, but he still showed tremendous effort. He's a guy that I think could be a stand-up edge rusher, can also put his hand in the dirt, so he's kind of one of those tweener guys, uh, can kind of go either way. Uh, you see some of the technique there, you know, his ability to dip that inside shoulder, has some of that, that flexibility as well to bend underneath the tackle. Um, you know, it was one of those things too, when you look at what he was doing there at TCU was he was dropping off the line a lot of times in, in third down, looking to get his hand in the passing lane. He did have three pass breakups. It kind of reminds me of what USC did with Drake Jackson. Jackson, a lot of times, you wanted to see him make plays in the backfield. And, and for a time, Todd Orlando, uh, the outgoing defensive coordinator, part of uh, Clay Helton's regime, had Drake Jackson dropping into coverage. And you know he made some spectacular plays as he was dropping. But look, his game is all about wreaking havoc behind the line of scrimmage. So I, I think that may have been one of the reasons why O'Shawn Mathis decided as a, as a grad transfer, I'm going to go ahead and look look elsewhere and decided to go to to the Cornhuskers. I think this will be a nice matchup. Really a good test right out the gate for, for Mathis against Skaronski and vice versa. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. I mentioned the quartet of linebackers. You look at, at Garrett Nelson. He's probably the, the class of the group. 6'3", 240. Uh, you know, the outside linebacker. He's a fourth year junior. Started all, all eight games during that COVID year in 2020 plus 12 in 2021. Last season, 11 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, couple of pass breakups, 57 total tackles. Very physical. Looks to punish you with some really big hits. Can beat guys off the edge. Look, Vidarian Lowe was drafted, you know, draftable left tackle there for Illinois. He was beating him like a drum off the edge, using the hands to get off the block. Benswell coming off the edge as well. You're going to see a lot of speed rushes from him. If there's an area that Nelson really needs to work on, it's setting the edge against the run. I thought a lot of times outside zones, he couldn't keep that outside arm free and, and would get outflanked. But this is the emotional, fiery leader of this defense. And uh, he's going to go uh, and wreak some havoc. And I think that defense is going to go as Nelson is. He's kind of the heartbeat of that group. 
Um, and he's a guy that I think you'll see you know, taking on Skaronsky, and I think that'll be a nice battle as well. Um, you look at, at that linebacking group, doesn't stop there. You've got Nick Henrich, 6'4", 225 pounds, third-year sophomore, 99 tackles on the year, a guy who I think is going to see a lot of action on the, on the inside. You also have Luke Reimer, who's 6'1", 220 pounds. He was the leading tackler, 108 tackles, six tackles for loss, a sack and interception, six pass breakups. Did a little bit of everything, was all over the field. He's a guy that I think, you know, people aren't really talking about him. People don't know too much about Luke Reimer, but be on the lookout for this guy. He's a junior. You know, both of these guys could very well come back to Lincoln for another season, but there are also a couple of guys that I'm looking forward to see play, and if they have a big year, you know, maybe they can increase that draft stock and get into some of that conversation, um, you know, especially in that early day three, get into that day two conversation, then maybe it might be worthwhile to, to put their name into the hat. And then finally, there's Caleb Tanner, uh, the, the, the senior. He's kind of the forgotten man in that group. If he wants to stand out as a draftable prospect, he's going to have to really stand out in this group. It's going to be hard because there's a lot of talent. Um, so that's a guy to, to kind of keep an eye out for, though. Um, it's really going to make things interesting. Um, I think with Northwestern offensively, you've got Mike Bajakian uh, leading the way. He's got Ryan Holinsky at quarterback, second year at Northwestern after his time in South Carolina. Needs to get better production in the passing game there. You've got Malik Washington, the leading receiver. He's only 5'9", a buck 92. Had 578 yards a season ago. I think he's a guy uh, that could be a slot option, could be a late day three pick. Keep an eye out for him there. Then there's the, the running back group. You've got Evan Hall, the 5'11", 210-pound junior, over 1,000 yards a season ago. Redshirt sophomore Cam Porter. Healthy after the ACL tear following a, a breakout 2020 season. So Northwestern, can they really you know show that physicality running the football? I think that's really what Evan Hull's game is going to be. Cam Porter, get him out on the perimeter and then be able to, to kind of let things go with Malik Washington. Those linebackers, I think, are going to be wreaking havoc, though. I think it'll end up being a fun matchup. So then you look at the opposite side of the football, and Nebraska has a new quarterback. No more Adrian Martinez. He's moved on to Kansas State. And in walks Casey Thompson, another guy from the Big 12. Casey Thompson, name sounds familiar. He played there at Texas. 6'1", 200, the junior. Look, he hit the transfer portal. Quinn Ewers is there at, at Texas. So I, I think this was a nice move. And look, Scott Frost has a guy who has a big arm. Uh, over 63% completion percentage. 2,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Needs to cut down on some of those those uh, mistakes. You know, the, the decision making can get a little sloppy at times. That's something that he needs to watch out for. Uh, but a, a pretty good athlete there on on uh, you know throwing the football. He's got a couple of, of receivers that he's going to be looking for in Omar Manning, who's 6'4", 225. LSU transfer Trey Palmer spent the last three years there in Baton Rouge. Now he's moved on to Lincoln, 6'1", 190 pounds. So they have some size at that receiver position for Casey Thompson. And look, Mark Whipple, you saw what he did there in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, elevated Pickett's status. What can he do with Casey Thompson? What can he do with this offense? You know, if I'm Casey Thompson, I stick around for two years in Lincoln with Mark Whipple, see if I can continue to move that draft stock in the right direction and get into that conversation as, as one of the better quarterbacks in that 2024 draft class. Uh, the offensive line, look, it, it, you know, it's coached by Donovan Rayola. Uh, brother was former Cornhusker Dominic Rayola, a second-round pick of the Lions. Uh, that old lineman, I, I think the top returner 
has to be the right tackle, uh, Turner Corcoran. Obviously, you had Cam Jurgens who decided to enter the draft uh, with Corcoran. Look, he's 6'6", 300 pounds, uh, big, big kid, uh, third-year sophomore, battled injuries in 2020 before being able to start 11 games uh, this past season, both a left and right tackle, so he has that positional versatility. Had an injury as well that kept him out of the spring. So obviously durability and, and those injury issues up front are going to be a concern um, for the defense for Northwestern. Obviously you're looking at uh, Adetamiwa uh, Adebawara. And you know he's 6'2", 265, good power in his hands, can be very physical coming off the ball. Uh, eight and a half tackles for loss, uh, four and a half sacks this past season, has 15 and a half tackles for loss in his career, seven and a half sacks, five pass breakups. He's going to be kind of the leader of that defense now up front. Then you've got A.J. Hampton and Cam Mitchell on the back end. A.J. Hampton, the 5'11", 190-pound senior, two interceptions in his career, 11 pass breakups a season ago. I think he, this is going to be a good matchup for him to go up against some of the bigger receivers there at Nebraska. Want to see, is this a guy that, that can play on the outside? Is he going to end up being a, a slot corner? Uh, really be able to showcase what he can do. And then Cam Mitchell... You know, look, he, he's a guy that uh, is a junior. Uh, he's six feet. He'll probably be matched up a lot against that uh, Omar Manning, who is 6'4". Um, so I, I think these guys will have their work cut out for them with uh, a Mark Whipple-led offense. And I think, you know, with, with the change of scenery for Casey Thompson, Nebraska likely gets it done. I think there's just going to be too much defensively there for Nebraska as well. I think Ryan Helinski is going to be running for his life, having to deal with not only the, the four linebackers, but also O'Shawn Mathis coming off the edge. I think Nebraska ends up winning that game. Um, and we'll start talking about guys like Garrett Nelson much more for this upcoming draft. We're also going to have Utah State welcoming the, the UConn Huskies to Logan, Utah. And look, you know Jim Moore Jr. has his work cut out for him, uh, really trying to rebuild that Husky uh, program. And with Utah State, obviously they've got the veteran quarterback there under center and Logan Bonner, a guy who's really a product of the system, um, you know, really comfortable there with, with Blake Anderson and that offense. Um, but Calvin Tyler, the running back, look, just 5'8", 210 pounds. But this is a guy who runs really well. I expect him to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark this upcoming season. Also going to be curious to watch Alfred Edwards III, the 6'7", 325-pound senior left tackle, and Quazell White, the transfer from TCU, um, you know, 6'3", 310 pounds there at right guard. Those are going to be a couple of guys to watch and, and, and keep an eye on. Same thing with the center, Chandler Dolphin. This was a guy who I thought was an overachiever a season ago, started to play much better as the season progressed. Um, and so I think that veteran line is going to be something to watch out for there in the Mountain West Conference. And then defensively, you've got Byron Fawns coming off the edge. Um, you know, he's 6'4", 225 pounds, and uh, you know, a guy that I think can, can, can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. And uh, so he'll be a lot of fun to watch. And then Hunter Reynolds and Gervin Hall there on the back end of the defense. You know, Gervin Hall uh, transferred from Miami, and then you've got Hunter Reynolds, the six foot, 200 pound veteran on the back end of that defense. Uh, you know, if I'm watching the Aggies, those are the guys that I'm going to be keying in on. Um, you know, I just want to see what their potential will be. Can their skills translate to the next level? Next stop on our list is going to be Champaign, Illinois, the Fighting Illini. 
welcoming the Wyoming Cowboys. And I'll tell you what, when you're looking at Brett Bielema's group, you know you're going to get some power running, and that's going to be in the form of Chase Brown, the 5'11", 205-pound junior. I think that's really the guy to watch offensively for uh, Bielema's crew. Over 1,000 yards a season ago, 5.9 yards per carry, have 14 receptions as well. He can be physical, get him out on the outside as well. He'll be running behind an offensive line that's led by the right tackle, Alex Palczewski, uh, 6'6", 315 pounds, the veteran there. He's a guy, look, you know, when you look at that offensive line, you have Vidarian Lowe go to the Vikings, uh, Doug Kramer drafted by the Bears as well. Palczewski, six-year senior, uh, you know, really one of those super seniors. And uh, I look for Palczewski to have a big year there. If he does, then, you know, especially being coached by, by Bielema, the physicality that they're going to bring, I, I think he's a guy that you could see end up getting drafted late on day number three. And then defensively for the Illini, um, I, I think they're really led by, by that secondary. And, uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon at corner, Sidney Brown, uh, at safety, and when you're looking at Sidney Brown, six foot, 200 pounds, and uh, the senior led the team in tackles, 81 uh, a season ago, has 260 in his career, four interceptions, nine pass breakups, um, pretty good range, good instincts, especially coming downhill, uh, plays against the run pretty well, and then with Devin Witherspoon, six foot. 100, you know, actually he's bulked up to 180 pounds, was playing at 170 a season ago. I like the fact that he is putting on some of that muscle. This is a guy that likes to get down and dirty behind the line of scrimmage a little bit. Eight tackles for loss a season ago, nine pass breakups, had two interceptions in 2020 as well. Um, you know, what I like, not only those those eight tackles for loss, had 52 tackles a season ago as well. So he's a guy that definitely likes to mix it up. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that. Um, is going to be one of those sleeper prospects coming out of the Big Ten Conference. Uh, a, a guy who could potentially sneak his way into that late third round consideration. And, and if I'm the Wyoming Cowboys, you know, Craig Bull, you know, really he was kind of bit by the transfer portal bug just a little bit. Uh, their, their leading receiver, Isaiah Nayor, he's on, on his way to Texas. You know, that'll be a formidable wide receiver crew there for Steve Sarkeesian with, with Nayor joining. Uh, the likes of uh, Xavier Worthy and Josh Whittington. You're going to have Quinn Ewers throwing him the football, so that'll be fun to watch. And then on the defensive side of the football, Wyoming also lost Desmond Bird, their best edge rusher, to USC. Uh, but, you know, there's still, I, I think the guy for me that I'm going to be looking for is Titus Swen, the, the, the running back uh, coming out of the backfield. I'm expecting to have him to have a big year there for, for the Cowboys. They really need to go as, as, as he is. Um, with, with, with that offense, um, 785 yards on the ground a season ago, seven touchdowns. And look, like I said, that offense, they're really going to be relying upon that running game because they have you know a dual-threat quarterback as well and Andrew Peasley coming over from Utah State. And ironically enough, Peasley's replacing Levi Williams, who's transferring to the Aggies after earning MVP honors in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Had a really spectacular game and uh, ultimately is is being shipped out. So keep an eye out for Titus Wynn this year. I, I think he's going to be one of those guys to be uh, one of those breakout stars in the Mountain West Conference. Um, you know, 5'11", 206, only a junior. I expect him to come back for one more season. But look, if he has a couple of big years that he can string together, he, he's one of those guys that we can be talking about um, as, as a, a mid to late day three pick in 2024. 
so he'll be a guy that I'm definitely watching. But look, at the end of the day with this, Illinois is going to have way too much firepower. Wyoming is is pretty young. Um, when you look at their starters, I think there's only one senior in the group on either side of the football. So, yeah, you know, I, I expect Bielema and, and company to really roll on this one. Florida State kicks off the year playing Duquesne. They're at Doak Campbell Stadium. Really the big question, I think, is, is what's Jordan Travis going to look like? He's a junior now, 6'1", 201 pounds. Can he lead that offense there for Mike Norvell? When you look at what Norvell has been doing there uh, in Tallahassee, just 8-13 in two seasons, this is kind of a make-or-break year for him. Uh, when you look at, at the Seminoles, the big guy to look for is that left tackle, Robert Scott Jr., 6'5", 315 pounds. He's a guy, he's an underclassman. He could definitely come back if he wants to. But, you know, I, I think the movement skills are absolutely there. Want to see him play with a little bit more power. But uh, a guy that he's going to be tested quite a bit there in the ACC. If he can get off to a good start during the season, though, I think he'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, keep an eye on Robert Cooper, uh, the big nose tackle, 6'2", 335 pounds. He's going to be a load there in the middle. And then on the back end of that defense, you've got Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent, a couple of safeties who could very well hear their names called uh, on day three of the draft, whether they decide to come out uh, in this year's draft or decide to come back for one more year. Uh, these are two guys who I think uh, with the ball skills and the range to be able to uh, make that leap to the next level. I think you know Robinson is kind of that, that versatile uh, playmaker, it can be safety, it can be a nickel, and then Akeem Dent's a guy who's going to be looking to take your head off a little bit. So um, I think it's going to be a fun duo to watch there in Tallahassee. It's going to be a, a, you know, should be an easy game there against Duquesne, um, be on the ACC network, but definitely a game that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then if you're tuning in to that Charlotte game against Florida Atlantic, the receiver that you're going to have to watch out for is Victor Tucker. Uh, you know, with, with Tucker, he, he's he's not the biggest guy by any means. He's six foot, 188 pounds. But look, you know, 187 catches in his career there. Um, you know, over 2,600 yards, 13 touchdowns as well. He's going to be my guy to, to keep an eye on as one of those sleeper receivers. I'm expecting him to make that leap. That's really what the 49ers are counting on with him. Is can Tucker really elevate that that? that playmaking ability on the outside. If he wants to get himself drafted, that's really what he's going to need to do. So that's why I want to keep an eye on him and see how he progresses during the season. I think he's a guy who has some skills. You know, there is some potential there, but can he put it all together to really, uh, really showcase those at the next level? Um, North Carolina, look, this should be a, a, another easy going uh, there for the Tar Heels. And uh, they're, they're taking on Florida A&M at home. Um, no more Sam Howell. We're going to have Jacoby Criswell, the sophomore, that'll be taking over the, the, the starting job here. And uh, obviously, when you're looking at UNC, it's going to be all about Josh Downs. And, and rightfully so. This guy is a talented receiver, uh, 5'10", 180 pounds, a guy that can make plays both on the outside and in the slot. 101 receptions a season ago for over 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns, really a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He's a guy that's in my top 10 uh, at the receiver position. And a guy, look, you know, we know what happened with Jahan Dotson, a guy that, um, you know, wasn't the biggest receiver. You know, he wasn't in the conversation with, with Drake London and, and guys like that, but a guy that just knew how to get open, had excellent hands, and a guy that could play both in the slot and on the outside. 
I think Josh Downs could very well be this year's Jahan Dotson and find his way into the first round when it's all said and done. And then when you look at the uh, Carolina on defense, you've got Raymond Bahasic, uh, the big 6'2", 295-pound defensive tackle. He and Miles Murphy are going to be wreaking havoc. Not the Miles Murphy that we were talking about there for Clemson, but uh, this Miles Murphy is 6'4", 300 pounds. Um, you know, a couple of good athletes there at defensive tackle. Noah Taylor is another interesting cat. 6'5", 235 pounds. He's a transfer from Virginia, so he's actually staying in conference. Um, but you know, Noah Taylor, look, there's a lot to like there. He has good size, uh, pretty good range as well. 169 tackles in his career, 25 and a half tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks, 10 pass breakups, three interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown. So he does a little bit of everything, uh, or did so for the Cavaliers. Really want to see what he can do there for Carolina, especially now that Jeremiah Gemmel is no longer there. You need to have a playmaker there at that linebacker position, and I think that Noah Taylor could be be that guy. Um, in the secondary, man, they've got a lot of really good players here. I think Tony Grimes and Storm Duck are, are two talented corners. They're both juniors, both 6'1", uh, both have tremendous ball skills. Those are the guys to really be on the lookout for. I think with Storm Duck, you're looking at a guy who's made the all-name team, that's for sure. Um, just, just played in six games over the last two seasons, but a guy who I think has those the ball skills uh, to be a, a talented prospect. And look, while Storm Duck wasn't getting uh, time on the field, the guy who was was Tony Grimes. Uh, you know, watch out for number one, a guy who has you know 12 pass breakups over the last couple of seasons, has pretty good range as well. And then I'm looking at Cameron Kelly, uh, the safety, 6'2", 215 pounds, has really good size. Uh, you know, another guy on the backhand who I think you know has good range. Posted four interceptions last season to go along with 68 tackles. I think he'll be one of the leaders of that defense as well. Um, you know, Carolina. I, I think they. This is going to be a, a game that they kind of use to just kind of get things going, get things loose because they're going to be traveling to Kip Brewer Stadium, Boone, North Carolina, taking on Appalachian State on September 3rd. So your App State's not a team to really sleep on. They've got a lot of really talented players on both sides of the football. So I think UNC, especially getting you know Chris Well going, develop that chemistry with, with Downs and Antoine Green, the other receiver, uh, you know, really get things going and get that secondary kind of lubed up as well and, and ready to go to take on Chase Bryce and the Mountaineers uh, you know, the following week. The look and feel of the Nevada Wolfpack will be very different in 2022 than it was in 2021. Um, so I think it's, it's probably a good thing for them that they're starting off against the Aggies of New Mexico State. They will be traveling to Las Cruces, New Mexico for that game. But look, when you look at Nevada, uh, you know, gone are you know not only Jay Norvell and his air raid offense, but also uh, the the two-time Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year in Carson Strong, receiver Romeo Dubs, who's making waves, making plays there in Green Bay, and obviously Cole Turner, the tight end. All of those guys now in the NFL. Um, now in steps Ken Wilson, Oregon's co-defensive coordinator. I think we're going to see a lot of you know read pass option, um, but what you're really going to have there uh, in the backfield is, is Toa Tawa. You're going to have that veteran presence. And look, with Toa Tawa, he, he's not a guy that's going to wow you with any of the, the physical ability. He's not the biggest guy by any means. He's just five foot nine. But the dude is a freaking bowling ball. He's 210 pounds, a 
guy who who isn't going to run away from you, but he plays with physicality. Um, over 3,000 yards on the ground for the Wolfpack. 638 uh, carries, so you worry about some of the wear there, especially when he also has racked up 122 receptions. Again, that was in the air raid that uh, that, that Jay Norvell was running. And look, Norvell, he's now in, in, at Colorado State, stayed in conference, um, so Nevada's going to get to see him again. But, uh, you know, that's that's really going to be interesting is to see how Toa Tawa, uh, with that change in the offense, you know, what that does for him with his career. Uh, quarterback now is going to be, you know, you, you thought that Carson Strong was a big dude. How about Nate Cox at 6'9", 225, just an absolute monster. Uh, this is a guy who I think uh, has pretty good movement skills. Um, but, you know, I question whether or not he can really uh, wow us with, with that arm strength. Uh, the right tackle, though, I think could be an NFL prospect, and that's Aaron Frost, 6'5", 310 pounds. He's going to lead that offense, and uh, he's really the guy that I'm looking out for there on the offensive side of the ball, along with Tawa. And then defensively, you've got Dom Peterson. He's just six foot, 225 pounds. You know, is he a defensive end? Is he an undersized defensive tackle? But look, you know, he's top five in Nevada history in career sacks of 22, has 41 and a half tackles for loss as well. Uh, this is a guy who could definitely put pressure up front, and uh, he's the only returning starter uh, to that front seven. I'm looking for a big year. I think really that Nevada defense has to have a huge year out of Dom Peterson. You know, there really can't be any consistent inconsistency to his game. Uh, but he's a guy that I think has another big year, produces a lot of numbers. He could be in that day three consideration as well, coming out of that Mountain West Conference. So those are the games to kind of be on a lookout for some of the teams as well. Uh, there on August 27th, just a couple of days away. And then when you look at the receiver position, uh, we, we can't forget about uh, the receivers. And again, we'll break down the receivers in a little bit more detail in, in a later podcast, but I at least wanted to take a look at my my top wide receivers. I've been back and forth between Jason uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Kayshawn Boutte. And, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards Boutte at this point. Six foot, 190 pounds. And what you love about Boutte was what he was able to do there against Mississippi. 14 catches, 308 yards in 20, 2020. Three touchdowns. Went over uh, 20 yards a catch in that game. Follows that up against UCLA with nine catches for 148 yards and three scores. Look, this guy had a touchdown in each of his first uh, five games for the LSU Tigers. Uh, actually, three of those have multiple touchdowns as well. Ultimately, an ankle injury caught up to him. Had a couple of surgeries, but I think he'll be back to full strength. That's really going to be the big question mark. Where is he at in terms of that mobility with the ankle? That's what you want to see. Uh, with Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, I, I think when, when you talk to guys like Chris Olave and, and Garrett Wilson, I think it was Fox that had a, an interview with all of those guys. And they said that, you know, to a man, JSN was the most explosive guy in that offense. Six foot, 197 pounds, 95 catches, over 1,600 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, you know, this was a guy, look, that, that Utah game, I think, really stands out. No Olave, no Wilson. Uh, Utah knew that this was where the ball was going to go, and they still couldn't stop him. 15 catches, 347 yards, a 23-point yard, one yards per reception and three touchdowns. Um, that's really the big thing is is when teams know where the football is going to go and they still can't stop it, 
That's why, to me, Drake London was the top wide receiver prospect in last year's draft um, because teams in the Pac-12 knew that he was the USC offense. Nobody else was really making a play, and yet they still couldn't stop Drake London. I think with both of these guys, you can't go wrong. I'm kind of leaning Boutte at least to start out the year because Smith and Jigba really was a guy that's, that's played primarily out of the slot. Is that going to be his home? I think with Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison, I could see him continuing his play there in the slot. And does that pigeonhole him at the next level? Can we see him also make plays on the outside? Now, that's really the only question mark right now. And uh, leading into the season, I'm leading Boutte. But uh, Smith and Jigba is also another guy who's a, a really a talented receiver. Um, then you have Jordan Addison. And look, the Blitnikoff Award winner playing in Mark Whipple's offense there at Pitt. Uh, 100 catches, 1,593 yards, 17 touchdowns. Wins that Bolitnikoff Award and then ultimately transfers to USC. Lincoln Riley's offense playing with Caleb uh, Williams, a guy that he knows from the Washington, D.C. area. And... You know, the big question mark is just going to be that the chemistry and what that looks like for USC. Um, you know, they've got a loaded receiving core. But look, when you add Addison to that group, he instantly becomes the number one guy, even with Mario Williams there on the outside as well. Um, those are my three guys. Those are the three that I look at and say, hands down, are going to be first round picks, barring something catastrophic. Um, when you look at Josh Downs, I mentioned him earlier, 5'10", 180 pounds, the junior for the Tar Heels. He's my number four receiver right now, and I really like what Downs can do, you know, and if he can have another big year, especially with the new quarterback, you know, can he be this year's Jahan Dotson? I think that's what teams are going to be looking for um, you know, in the middle towards the end of, of round number one. Um, I think Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma is another guy to keep an eye out for. 5'11", 171 pounds, the junior, a guy that I think can absolutely be a playmaker. And look, even though he's lost Caleb Williams, uh, he's got Dylan Gabriel, a guy who likes to air the football out, and he's got Jeff Levy running that offense. So when, when you look at Marvin Mims, uh, you know, really the, the biggest playmaker there for uh, the Sooners, um, and 1,300 yards over the last two seasons, 19.1 yards per reception and 14 touchdowns, averaged 22 yards per reception on his 32 catches a season ago at OU. I think we could be seeing you know eye-popping numbers like that again. He's one of those guys that I think could very well make his way into round number one, someone to absolutely keep an eye on. Then we get into the big physical receivers, and I'm looking at Quinton Johnson out of TCU. Look, he's 6'4", 193 pounds. The junior just wasn't used a ton there in that TCU offense. He's a guy that I think can eat up the cushion getting vertical, a guy that, you know, pretty nuanced with some of his route running, but what you really love is his ability to get back and high point the football, those 50-50 balls, just plucking the football out of the air. He's one of those bigger, taller receivers, and uh, I just want to hopefully see him uh, be more of a focal point in that offense. And look, you know, I talked about Drake London. He was a guy that elevated his game, right? You know, he went from his sophomore to his junior year. He stopped playing basketball, focused on football, and then just had that breakout year. And really, when you look at Quentin Johnson, over his first two seasons, 55 catches, over 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, 20.4 yards per reception. was a playmaker down the field. Better numbers than Drake London over his first two seasons. 
So Quentin Johnson, to me, uh, is a guy to really be on the lookout for. I actually flirted with putting him ahead of Marvin Mims, and I still may do that uh, you know, after the first couple of weeks of the season because I, I think this is a guy that could be one of those playmakers on the outside. A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest is another guy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, Obviously, you've got... Uh, you know, Sam Hartman out with a non-football related injury, uh, but I still think A.T. Perry is going to be a playmaker on the outside. 6'5", 206, uh, 71 catches, over 1,200 yards, 18.2 yards per reception, 15 touchdowns. Another guy who can, uh, can high point the football there on the outside, can be a vertical threat, a legit vertical threat as well. Uh, so he's one of those guys that's going to be knocking on the door in that top five. I think both of these guys, uh, the big physical receivers and guys that you know they, they, they're able to contort their body, go up and get that football, I think they're guys that are going to be right in that conversation and could easily move up uh, in this draft class. I think they're, you know, I like some of those big receivers, man, especially the guys that can get vertical. So I, I think that's a guy uh, as well in A.T. Perry who could make his way into round one consideration. You look at Cedric Tillman. 6'3", 215, another big physical guy coming there out of Tennessee. 64 catches, over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Keep an eye out for Cedric Tillman as well. I love the physicality in his play. He's somebody, you know, when you're talking about first-round receivers, that trio, Johnston, Perry, Tillman, remember those names. They could be really adding to that group there towards the top, either be that late day one Early day two pick, um, you know Marvin Mims, Josh Downs have to have those big years, or they could potentially see these bigger receivers take away, you know, some of that that draft stock there and uh, be able to sneak their way into round number one. Um, you look at Dontavian Wicks, he's six one two oh two out of Virginia. Um, this guy's a playmaker, and, and what I love is, is you know the acrobatic ability with the ball in the air, just the way to to go up and get it, it has a flair for the dramatic. Excellent hands. Playmaker there on the outside. I think he and Brennan Armstrong are going to have a field day. Then you have Keaton Thompson. He's not even in my top 10, but a guy who's he's just a, an all-purpose athlete. A guy who was a former quarterback. You love the, the versatility there in his game. Virginia's going to be a lot of fun to watch on the offensive side of the football. That's for sure. Two guys that I'm looking for rebound seasons. One is Tay Flowers, 5'10", 177 pounds. I think we were expecting him to really take that leap a season ago, but we know that Phil Dracovic was battling some injuries. Want to see what uh, Zay Flowers can do, because look, this guy's sudden out there on the outside. You worry about the hands a little bit, but uh, I think there's some playmaking ability there uh, for BC. And then Dante Demas, 6'3", 217 pounds. They're out of Maryland, and uh, you know he's, he's a physical guy. He has some speed on the outside. Could be that outside receiver. Has the the size. He's just coming off of that leg injury from a season ago. And uh, you know the biggest question mark is is you know are we going to see that same receiver that that we saw uh, you know, at the beginning of last season? But look, what I loved was when he came off the field after that right knee injury. He's yelling, "I'm coming back from the cart," and that's the thing that I love. He's being carted off. I'm coming. back. And so I think he's got that motivation. He's ready to go. And uh, he's one of those big receivers that, look, you know, if he can show that he's all the way back from injury, easy day two con you know, consideration there for him. But again, some of these big receivers, 
they could find their way into that round one consideration if they could show that they can be the vertical threat, they can be a guy that can attack the middle of the field as well, show off those hands, be a red zone option, precise route running as well. I think that's one of the things that you lose with some of the bigger receivers is the precision in that route running, the ability to separate in and out of those breaks. And then a couple of other names to throw out there, Parker Washington, it's his time there with the Nittany Lions. You know, really saw a lot of time in the slot there for, for Penn State, but I think he's a guy that uh, is explosive like Dotson. So I think he's going to be a guy to keep an eye out for. I mentioned uh, Nayor, you know, he's 6'3", 210, moving on from Wyoming to Texas. He'll be a guy to watch out. Um, same thing with, with Jacob Cowings. Look, you know, a junior moving on from UTEP, going to Arizona, caught a pass in 31 straight games. He's one of those reliable targets. Heading to the Pac-12, he'll be in a Power 5 conference. Want to see how his game translates into that situation. Xavier Hutchinson. Out of Iowa State, it's a lot of fun to watch. He's 6'2", 206, a guy that Brock Purdy could knew he could just throw the football up and allow uh, Hutchinson to really do his thing, go up and high point the football. He's a guy that that uh, is going to be uh, exciting to watch there uh, for the Cyclones in Big 12 play. Michigan's got Ronnie Bell coming back. Look, 5'11", 188 pounds, tore his ACL against West uh, Western Michigan, a guy that could be a vertical, a legit vertical threat. Um, Unfortunately, the, that injury, we want to see if he can still be as explosive as he was coming into last season. Um, so he'll be another guy to be on the lookout for as well. And look, I am so excited for the college football season to start. We'll be talking about what happened week zero of the college football season in a podcast just a couple of days after the 27th because we're also going to have to start talking about Labor Day week. And we'll have to break it up. There's so many games that are spread out over the course of four days. Um, so we'll have to take some time to talk about Thursday and Friday's games. We're going to have to get a podcast out before those those games start and kick off. Then make sure that we talk about Saturday, Sunday. And yes, we also have college football on Monday, on Labor Day as well. So a lot of games to cover. Won't forget about talking about the receivers in a little bit more depth. Also talk about the tight end class. Is there going to be someone that cracks round number one? Will it be Eric Gilbert? Will it be Michael Mayer? Will it be somebody else who surprises and rises to the occasion? I think there's still a real deep tight end class here. Um, and they're going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And uh, we'll start talking about some of the different positions throughout the season as well. We'll get into the O-line and D-line, linebacker, secondary as well. But... Obviously, we want to start talking about week one as quickly as possible. The draft prospects to look for. What are the best matchups to be on the lookout for as well? Hey, college football is here. I hope you're as excited as I am. We'll see how everything goes. So until next time, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast, and I've been your host, Greg Shoots. Take care, everyone. Enjoy college football. Enjoy the weekend. Until next time, I am. Yeah.